Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at regions.com slash food bank. The Regions branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. This is the Duly Noted Podcast. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another Duly Noted Podcast. Uh, there was a talk about just not doing one with no game this week, but I have my loyal listeners, and I think uh, I owe them a, at least some time. I, it'll probably make it pretty short. Uh, we will have Mike Bianchi on to talk about what's going on. You know, usually um, during uh, a week where the Gators aren't playing, I only do the one podcast, but I felt like we needed to come on and talk about what's going on, the postponement. Uh, obviously, Florida getting the game to uh, later in the year where that open week had already been left for uh, games that needed to be played, much like Vanderbilt, Missouri, the week before the SEC championship game. Uh, and I'll tell you why that's not a great thing, but uh, there's a lot of things that are good. There's a lot of things that aren't good about this. I, But I keep telling people, look, there's only one thing that matters, and that is that players can be, remain safe or get safe. Uh, we all know the timeline of how this happened. You know, a couple of players had the sniffles and didn't report it because they just thought they had allergies. And and I understand, man. This is Gainesville. This is the home of allergies. This is where allergies go to flourish and then move on. So I, I'm not surprised, you know, that, that something like that could happen. But it just shows you how it can spread. Next thing you know, it's spread everywhere. Same thing happening with, you know, with Nick Saban getting it and his AD getting it. It, it just shows you you got to take this thing seriously. If you don't take it seriously, it's just going to continue to grow. And I know there are some people that will say, well, wait, these kids aren't sick. Why aren't they playing the football game? I don't understand it. And I do understand why pe- some people – there's times when I sit there and go, well, almost everybody that's getting this that's young is not getting – violently ill but guys when we look we don't know the long-term effects of this and there are issues in terms of obviously in terms of, of if somebody does get it and gets seriously ill and you didn't do the right things to protect them you're gonna have a situation obviously um but i get where people are coming from they're like wait i i don't quite get this i don't quite understand this why is this happening and why are we not playing football this saturday I don't know that there are a lot of Gator fans that are that upset about there not being a game because, I don't, again, not a lot of you were going to go. No matter what Dan Mullen wanted, in the end, they weren't going to be a lot of people at the game. And, um, you know, I think you guys are kind of probably tired of watching that defense play. Uh, but but and it took that game, that loss to Texas A&M took a lot of the energy out of the season. We'll see going forward. And, again, guys, we don't know if there's going to be a Missouri game, okay? We just don't know. So we'll see where that goes, and um, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, people talk about getting to the finish line. And I'm like, just get to the next game, get a, get a game. I hope there are games. I hope Alabama Georgia's played. By the time I'm done with this, they may uh, run some story saying no, 
they they decided to cancel it. They there were too many people that tested positive. So um, we have to deal with what we have to deal with. Uh, to me, in a lot of ways, now as I sit here, this season feels like a wash. Whatever we can get out of it, it's like panning for gold. We're sitting down there and we're panning for gold. Hey, I got a nugget. And that nugget was Alabama Ole Miss. Hey, I think this is something I think this is something maybe gold that um you know, Mike Leach scored two points. That was worth watching, <laughs> kind of. But my my point is you're not gonna just go reach in and just pull out a, a lot of a lot of fun because that's not gonna happen this year. Um now, why this game, this situation is not good for Florida, and I'll tell you, I think it is not good for Florida at all. Been asked about it on several radio shows, and that's what I told them. And um, the reason is this I think this team needed to get out and play. Again, I think this team needs to hit people because they're not hitting them during the games. So they need to get out and hit people during the games, and, and maybe it gets to a point where they start actually tackling people. And so I don't. I think sitting back, you can sit back and make. Per, you know, I can move chess pieces around and and change what I'm going to do defensively and change the way we're going to run. That that's not going to be the issue. The issue is personnel. The issue is players. So I think these need and and the fact that these players just don't. I, I there's a tentativeness, and I see it in a lot of schools, a lot of places are having this problem. They just don't know whether to hit or not. They haven't hit much, so they're not used to hitting. They haven't hit anywhere near as much in a in a calendar year. And I, well, let's go back to after the bowl games. From that point on, this is the least amount these players have hit people in their lives. Well, maybe when they were one, they didn't hit anybody, but you are hitting people all the time. The other thing is. Of course, Miles Brennan being out was a plus for Florida if he was doubtful, and I think Florida would have felt pretty good about their chances in this game. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of the year? But the reason it's not good anyway, I I think that's part of it. And the other part is that now you finish with Tennessee and LSU at the end of the year back-to-back. Now, I just told you, don't even worry about the finish line. The finish line is irrelevant. Worry about what what will the, will there be a game Saturday? Next Saturday. Not this Saturday, we know there's not one. Next Saturday. And then what will happen the next week, which is an off week? And will they play Georgia? That all you can do is worry about everything a week at a time and I think we've all gotten through this pandemic that way, thinking about it a, a day at a time, a week at a time. What am I going to do today? So that's what you have to keep doing. Because you start thinking about Georgia and you start thinking about the end of the season and what bowl game and all this, forget it. We don't know if any of that's going to happen. So, what are you going to, you know, in my my opinion, there's no point even thinking what Florida, what would be best for Florida to do with their time off? Probably relax. I I don't know what. Eat some uh, cheeseburgers. I don't think that getting in the weight room or at this point in the season or Coming up with some schemes is really going to make a difference. We'll see. Florida was a two-touchdown favorite to win this game, which I think was a little high, obviously. But because Florida's – I don't even know why. I don't know why Florida was a two-touchdown favorite, to be honest with you. LSU scored – they showed they could score with anybody. Um, neither team plays good defense. Games in Gainesville. Maybe they didn't hear that Mullen couldn't get his 90,000. 
I want to say one thing about Scott Strickland, too. Boy, he really has handled everything well and really handled that press conference on Wednesday really well. That's why he's the athletic director of the year. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue talking about the postponement, uh, but not for long. And and then um, we'll have Mike Bianchi come on, and then we'll do some of the spreads and talk about some of the other games and three things, of course, on the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. Bring game day tailgates home this season after a stop at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Stock up your huddle with beer, hard seltzers, your favorite wine, or something sparkling. ABC is Florida family-owned and has been getting Gator fans ready for kickoff since 1936. Head inside one of their 125 stores around the state or try their curbside service by ordering online at abcfws.com. ABC Access loyalty members can save $10 on wine, 10% on beer and hard seltzers, and earn points toward $5 coupons. ABC, always be celebrating. If you're a Gator fan who believes saving money is better, join ViStar and save up to $5,000 in closing costs when you buy or refinance a home. The ViStar No Closing Costs Mortgage has a great rate, no hidden fees, and like the name says, no closing costs up to $5,000. At ViStar, we never forget that it's your money. Proud partner of the Florida Gators. Equal housing opportunity insured by NCUA. All loans subject to credit approval. Offer not available on VA and FHA mortgages. For more information, visit ViStarCU.org. You know, it does feel kind of like the Gator rug has been pulled out from under a lot of fans. I I think you guys were so devastated with that loss. You're mad about it. You're angry. I get it. No, I think there's nothing worse than a loss where you don't do one thing well. In other words, uh, when you lose a game and you were in the game and you played well and you, you you were okay on offense. You're okay on defense. You try to guys, and you can sometimes you can walk away from that, or or you didn't turn it over, and neither did you didn't get any turnovers. That kind of game is a little bit easier to walk away from. When there's one thing you don't do at all, those are the ones that are the hardest. When you're sitting there and you're saying, just one stop, and you can't get it. So between that and the and the game being canceled this week, and now. We're seeing this all over the country, obviously, all over the SEC especially. So we'll see what happens where we go forward. But I think everybody kind of feels like deflated. And I'm sure there are people feel a little bit deflated in Knoxville too. And I'm sure they feel a little bit deflated in Coral Gables where they had big games and they, and they couldn't get it done. Uh, at least Florida was competitive, although they, were, they weren't playing quite as good a team. But, um, you know... The, the, that's what football is, though. College football season, we all want a college football season. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get in, you go, eh, you know, it was better off when they weren't playing. I wasn't getting depressed. I never kicked the cat. So um, anyway, it's just a weird year, and we'll just keep going with it, and we just got to keep plugging away and, and trying, and um, we'll keep doing podcasts, even though, like I said, this one's going to be a little short. And... Um, I tell you what we'll do. We'll just go ahead and take a break. We'll come back and bring in Mike Bianchi. We'll talk to him about it and get his thoughts here on the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. 
The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. Welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. It is a great pleasure to be joined by my good friend, a man who I once hired to be uh, the columnist at the Gainesville Sun and uh, has gone on to bigger and better things and certainly uh, at the Orlando Sentinel and the host of his own show, which I, I don't even know what the numbers are. They're through the roof on uh, your show on 96, what is it, 96.9 The Game? FM 96.9 The Game, AM 740, HD 101.1-2, high def radio. <laughs> Uh, yo, thank. That was a good plug. I, I appreciate that. But uh, <clears throat> Mike, we're sitting here in, on a um, Thursday with no game here Sunday, which we're used to. But we certainly aren't used to what has been going on this week. No, it's you know, as you know, as, as Scott Strickland had said, nothing is normal this year. I mean, uh, games being postponed. Uh, you know, fans not in the games, or at least a limited number of fans in the game, depending on what which SEC institution you attend. But yeah, it's 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 weird. I mean, you've got two games that have already been canceled in the SEC this week with the you know the Vanderbilt Missouri game, the Florida LSU game. Nick Saban's got COVID. Uh, the Alabama athletic directors had COVID. The Florida athletic directors already had COVID. Bobby Bowden has COVID. I mean, just go down the list. Yes, it's a strange year, the worst year we've ever endured. So yeah, it's it's awful. Yeah, and I think fans should just, uh, instead of worrying about getting to the finish line, they should just worry about whether there's going to be a game this week. You know, enjoy the games you get. If they're, if Alabama and Georgia play this week, please enjoy it. Don't worry about what it could mean down the road because there may not be a down the road in college football. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do we know that Alabama and Georgia are certainly going to play? I mean, if Nick Saban has it, he's had contact with his team, so I'm sure Alabama is doing the the heavy testing today. Um, the Ole Miss game, I guess that could be canceled sure. as well because Ole Miss has had an outbreak. So, yeah, we shall see what's going to happen. But we, I mean, we knew. I mean, everybody pretty much knew that there was going to be some disruptions and distractions in the schedule because, again, it, it's college football. It is the it is the the, the sport that is the least. Uh, containable with this. I mean, you have college students on campus, more players than any of the other team sports. Right. So, yeah, this. I mean, this isn't this isn't unpredictable. But yeah, when it hits your team, though, that's when it really hits home. It does. Uh, obviously, uh, what Dan Mullen had to say after the game Saturday hit home to a lot of people, and of course, many of us were critical of him and. I don't know of anybody that defended him in, in the media, but I know you hit him pretty hard. I hit him pretty hard. And he finally on Wednesday came back and apologized, which was kind of weird. It's weird yeah. in a weird year. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it, we were talking about it on the radio today, and, yeah, it was one of those, if I offended you, I apologize yeah. type apologies, which, you know, which is fine. But it was almost like – it was almost like because Scott Strickland was asked about it yesterday. You were on his uh, uh, Zoom call as well. It was almost like it was one of those apologies, like when 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 you and your little brother, 
you know, fought as a kid, and maybe, you know, your parents made you apologize <laughs> to your little brother, and it's like, uh, okay, I'm sorry. It was, it, it was like one of those apologies. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. But I understand, I understand that he was angry, and he was upset, and he, they weren't expecting that kind of a crowd. But that's not why they lost the game. They lost the game because they're playing touch football out there on defense, and, and it's just been crazy. Uh, do you have theories as to why nobody can play defense anymore? I mean, Alabama, LSU, and Florida all among the bottom five of the six worst teams in, in Power Five in defense. Yeah, the SEC has four teams in the bottom ten in defense, including three traditionally good defensive teams, Alabama, LSU, Florida. Um, yeah, I have a lot of theories. Uh, uh, the, the number one theory is, the again, and, and Nick Saban warned us about this, you know, uh, seven or eight years ago, when all when when people started running all this no huddle and trying to snap the ball before the defense is ready, which is what they do. That is the offensive strategy now. I mean, I see it at UCF. Josh Heupel has mastered the no huddle. Uh, Ole Miss, their offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, he came from from UCF, so it, that that's what he runs. I mean, when Nick Saban said the other day, he said. Uh, they were hiking the ball before we could get set, and that's what he said seven or eight years ago, that right. this was the future of college football unless you did something about it, and, and now we're seeing it. I mean, uh, Lane Kiffin's running it. Uh, Mike Leach brings the air raid. They snap the ball really fast, and the defenses just aren't ready for the play. I mean, that, and, and I agree with Nick Saban. I don't know if this is what we want football to to be do we want football to be that the strategy is okay just snap the ball before the defense can get set and maybe we'll catch them you know napping right. or something and i, I agree I with that that's what i want but i do want games like we saw saturday night between alabama and ole miss because you're like can't take your eyes off of it and that was fascinating yeah. and then and and then at the same time you see you know the pirate scores two points on saturday so there, there's still aberrations to it but it has been uh I think there is a lot to it. I think there are a lot of reasons for it. And I think one of them is that nobody wants to hit because if they hit during practice, you could go four COVID, four injury. Now you're down eight guys. Yeah, that could be. And and and, and plus, let's face it, the the rules favor the offense now. I mean, I was watching the uh, I was watching the Clemson Miami game last week, and I don't remember which Miami player it was. But he hit Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is throwing the ball, and he hits him in the stomach as he, you know, and he gets a targeting penalty for, for hitting Trevor Lawrence in the stomach. And I'm like, where are you supposed to even hit these guys anymore? So I'm sure that that has had a big effect on tackling. These players are trying to be careful, trying not to get targeting calls. And that's, you know, that's, that's going to obviously hurt the defense. And I saw a stat the other day. This is an NFL stat, but I'll bet if you, 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 you looked at it in college, it would be the same. In the NFL, through this last week's games, last year at this time, 200 and, I think it was 274 holding penalties mm-hmm. had been called in the NFL last year. This year, 132. Almost 
cut in half. Do you think the linemen are just that much better at blocking now? Or do you think the NFL has said, hey, let's not call holding penalties. Let's score more points. Mike, I, I you are absolutely right. I don't even have to look up the numbers in college football. I, I'm watching the games with my own eyes. I, you know how me, I watch every game, and they just start calling. You have to you have to tackle a guy and then actually get a rope out and hog time <laughs> to get a holding penalty these days. So it's just the way it is, and, and you've got to learn. Everything is about adaptation these days, especially uh, that. Hey, let me let me ask you about UCF because I know they play a game on Saturday. Uh, we think. We yeah, think. Which we hope, yeah. But, I mean, boy, that loss to Tulsa and all of a sudden, they just went, it's like they went totally off the national radar, totally off even some of the state radar. Well, yeah, I mean, good Lord, they were they were flying high. Dylan Gabriel was even being mentioned as you know an outside Heisman candidate. And then you, well, you know what? They deserve to be off the radar. You lose to Tulsa. Tulsa, they lost to Tulsa last year. Tulsa was three and nine last year. If you want to be, if you want to be with the big boys, those are the type of games you have to win. Now, if you if you want to lose to a power five team, okay. Like last year, they lost to Pitt on the last play of the game. All right, that's that's fine. But you can't lose to Tulsa. And the shame of it is, Pat. You know, you, first of all, you see a probably not going to get in any sort of national playoff ever unless they get into a Power 5 conference. But if there was ever a year that maybe they could have slid into a playoff, this might have been it. I mean, you look at where Cincinnati's ranked right now. Cincinnati's ranked number eight in the country. UCF would have probably been higher than that had they remained unbeaten because they were ranked ahead of Cincinnati. So, you know, with the Big 12 and the the, the two teams in the Big 12 essentially nullifying each other, they have two losses, Oklahoma and Texas. Maybe UCF could have got in this year, but it's not going to happen now, obviously. I th- and that's the thing. I think UCF gets a little bit of a benefit of the doubt now when the season starts. I think you look at UCF and go, I'm sure they'll be good again this year because they've been good. So they've, they've reached that status, but they, they can't reach big boy status. Last question for you. What do you miss more? A, a pat on the back and somebody telling you how great you are and, and shaking your hand or sitting down and talking to actual athletes face-to-face? Mm, wow. I'm getting esoteric on you here, buddy. Yeah, I think yeah, – since I spend so much time working, yeah, I, I, I miss the face-to-face contact with the athletes, even, even though it's not the same as it – even before the pandemic, sure. it's not the same as it used to be where you got a lot of one-on-ones – you know, one-on-one interviews with athletes. It's more of a mass setting and a group setting now. But you still can you still can be more personable and get to know athletes better if you're talking to them in person, if you're in the same room, rather than they're seeing you via the Zoom call, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Most of them don't even, look, don't even know what they're looking at, but uh... – Hey. Although I did, I did enjoy the fact that I I I didn't have to travel to Min, uh, to Ole Miss yeah. last week, and I just uh, covered uh, two weeks. What, what was or, it? Yeah, or Texas A and M to be honest Te- with you. Yeah, yeah, Texas A and M last week. Yeah, he is Mike Bianchi, the great one uh, from the Orlando Sentinel, of course, uh, also the radio personality that he is, ninety six nine FM, and we appreciate him giving us his time. We'll be back with more of the Duly Noted podcast right after we take this break here on GatorSports.com.
All right, thanks to Mike Bianchi. Uh, appreciate him. Um, I didn't want to do the uh, the other games that I, we're going to talk about right there the before Mike because it, I, I thought it would go long, so I wanted to do them now. But here are the games, that, um, inc- uh, including the spreads, that I know a lot of people like to talk about. You know, obviously Georgia's at Alabama. It opened at five. It went up as high as six. Now it's down to four. Alabama favored. You know, we don't know where Alabama is in terms of how many guys are going to be able to play if, if guys are going to get set to sit out. We know Nick Saban's not going to be there. Now, I am leaning towards Georgia in this game. I have been all week. Um, but it's really a weird deal because just because Saban's not there doesn't mean they're not their offense isn't going to be high octane. Um, Sarkeesian's calling the plays anyway. They've got hopefully they've got all their players. Mac Jones hopefully is playing, and then um, as good as Georgia's defense is, I think Alabama's offense it has a way of doing things. But um, you know Georgia, and that's the thing where Georgia Georgia's going to befuddle us. I think a little bit this year in some of their big games because you look at their offense and you're not blown away. It's just good enough to win the game. They're kind of the reverse of LSU last year. LSU last year. Defensively, whatever it took to win the game, they would do it. If it meant giving up 32 points, they were fine with that. If it meant giving up nine, they were fine with that. I'm, I'm pulling those numbers out of the air. They would do whatever it took to win that game because the offense was so good. And I think that's where George is with the defense. If if that offense has to score a lot of points, um, obviously Alabama's defense was awful last week. Now, it's hard for me to believe – that Alabama's defense could be that awful with those players. And not having Nick there because he's a defensive guy is a factor. You know, there's nobody to yell at you. But I think they'll be fine in terms of Nick not being at the game. If you tell me that all the players are are fine, then I would go back and pick Alabama. I'm just worried that – and I'm not, again, I'm not worried. It's, it's just a game. But as far as getting my pick right – I'm just, uh, that there may be players we find out Saturday morning aren't playing, aren't eligible to play for, or not um, cleared to play for Alabama. So that'll be a fascinating game. And the one positive for me, you know me, it's all about me, is that I will be able to watch that game with no commercial interruption in my mind um, because I can always switch it over to another game. The I'm really thinking about getting the most decadent wings I know about, and I'm not going to give in details. I tell you, I where I would go if Nappies was still serving wings. I know they're doing something special this weekend. If Nappies was still serving wings, I would go out and get some there. But I have another place; it's even closer, so I'm probably going to go there. Uh, wife's out of town. Don't don't tell anybody, but my wife's out of town, so I get to I get to eat bad. Yay! I eat bad a lot of days, but not no. I don't eat that bad. All right, so here's some of the other games: uh, Miami. 13-point favorite over Pitt. I, I, I never trust Pitt for some reason. There's something about them that I don't trust them. I wouldn't take Pitt and the points. I wouldn't give the points. because And, and the other thing is, you don't know what the, the hangover is. It's, it's the hangover weekend because not only uh, Miami, but Tennessee and, of course, Florida would have been. Who knows what Florida's hangover would have felt like. Turns out... It manifested itself into into COVID, um, so I don't know what Miami's hangover is going to be like. So I, I don't just stay away from that game. Auburn is uh, three points 
at South Carolina. Um, so it's a it, it, they're expecting a, a real close game. It's basically a toss up game. And I say, look, I believe that for Will Muschamp, this is a huge game for his career. It doesn't mean he's going to get fired after this year if things don't go well. But you win this game, you beat Auburn. And Auburn's very beatable. Arkansas should have beaten him, if not for a terrible call. Would have beaten him. Right? Arkansas. You should be able to beat him. I'm not saying it's a disgrace if you don't beat him, but this is a real opportunity for Will Muschamp and South Carolina to beat Auburn. But if they don't do it, now you're just kind of going, you know, what's on TV this week? You know, we, that, that just, that might, if you're a South Carolina fan, you're like, um, are we going to really have basketball season? Because I'm ready for that. North Carolina is a 13.5 point favorite at Florida State. And that started out at 8 and jumped up. I think the, the wise guys out in Vegas saw that 8 and they went, oh, oh, oh well, give me some of that. Um, that's a lot of points, though, to be given FSU at home. And I think FSU did acquit itself a little bit. Is that even possible? Can you acquit yourself a little bit? Because either you acquit yourself or you don't. I thought FSU looked better than I thought they would. Let's leave it at that. But when you know when crunch came to crunch, it was uh, Notre Dame was going to win the game. And I'm not – I'm not look, I don't think Notre Dame's that good. I think Notre Dame's okay. They're a pretty good team. They're in that second level, you know, at the bottom end of that second level. But I don't think they're that great. But they're going to be ranked really high because you've got to find team, somebody to rank. Um, Kentucky, here's an interesting game. Kentucky getting six points at Tennessee. We just saw what Kentucky did to Mississippi State's offense. Totally shut them down, intercepted them six times. Tennessee, again, the hangover, man. This is the hangover one. Because if you lose games during the year, you eventually have a hangover one, two, and three. And the third one is just the worst one possible. And I mean that about the movie. No, I anyway. Um I Kentucky, boy, they're a hard they're a hard team to figure in that game. Uh they they have done some amazing things. They have their stats, you don't know what their stats are gonna look like. You know, you go from run for four yards and lose to to running for or would they have less than two hundred yards of offense and win. I, I don't know. They're hard to figure. Uh, Mississippi at Arkansas is a two-point favorite. It feels like that is a that is the lock of the week. Like Mississippi's going to score enough, and I don't know if Arkansas can get up there in the points. You know, with Felipe, I think they can score, but I don't think they can score in the fifties. And I think you have to, you know, you have to at least get to like forty-two to have a chance against. Ole Miss, the way they're running that offense. And A&M's a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Mississippi State at Mississippi State. Now, there's hangovers, and then there's letdowns. We all know that. We've seen them before where teams, you know, it used to be the poison toad that we talked about with Steve Spurrier. A team beat them, and all of a sudden they went to hell, and their coach got fired at some point, like within two years. It was literally – I, I did a big column on this. this. This was what happened. You beat Spurrier, and for some reason you thought you had solved everything and, and you had problems the rest of your career sometimes. Not all, not everybody, obviously, but certainly guys who got fired, the, the, the Terry Bowdens of the world, and uh, there were plenty of them. Mike Archer. Mike Archer, did he beat him? No, Jerry DiNardo. Yeah. 97, right? Jim Donnan. There's another good example. Guys who beat them, 
and maybe they thought, hey, I got this thing figured out, and never, things never went right again for them. So uh, we'll see what happens there with A&M, whether they have the poison toad syndrome and uh, and struggle. I, it's, I, I just don't know what to think of Mississippi State anymore. I don't want to pick their games. I've missed five picks, and three of them have been their games. I guess, I, I don't know, maybe – Maybe A&M's that good. Maybe A&M's better than I thought they were. But a- here's another thing about A&M. You, have to, you guys watch the game, right? They can't play defense either. Nobody mentioned that after the game. Boy, A&M's defense sucks. They got a fumble recovery as Florida was going down to kick the winning field goal. And give them credit for getting the fumble recovery. But they, they, they uh, you know, fumbles are kind of a fluke in that you not necessarily cause. Some of them just happen. Other than that, though, Florida went up and down. Florida punted once. It's a bad punt, but they've punted once. So you look at that defense, and maybe Mississippi State finally finds itself again. They come back from the dead. Ah, that's why they're heart impossible games to pick. I, I figured out my TV setup. It's going to be fun. Saturday noon, I'm going to have three TVs. I'm going to the third TV. I'll have Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Pitt, Miami. Those are the three games you watch if you have three TVs. Or you flip back and forth at the 330 grouping, Ole Miss at Arkansas, A&M at Mississippi State, and UCF at Memphis. And uh, the night, North Carolina, FSU, Boston College, Virginia Tech, which is actually kind of an interesting game, so I'll watch it. And then Georgia, Alabama, obviously. So I'm set. I've got three games that are on. And who knows what else will happen. Maniacal things are going to happen. Crazy. Oh, my God, they just scored 100 points. You know. So I'm looking forward to the weekend, but it is a little bit depressing, right? I mean, it's a sad situation that we are sitting in here right now with no game. We thought everything was going well. We thought we were getting some momentum towards, um, you know, just – Norm, normalcy, but we're a long way from normal, okay? It is time for three things. It's time for three things. Number one, um, good news for the athletes. The, the name image likeness is about to get passed. They finally got figured out what they want to do. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the details on that. And players can now transfer uh, one time without losing their eligibility, all the things that we have been telling them they should be doing for years. You know, they, it's almost like they went, uh, what? <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta shake them every once in a while, wake them up in that NCAA and let them know what should be happening. But they're reluctant to change. They're, they're always reluctant to change. Coaches are the most conservative. Even the wild and crazy coaches are actually conservative people. They're not conservative maybe with play calls, but they're conservative people in terms of not wanting to make changes. They're always afraid it's just all hell's going to break loose and the other team's going to be as good as they are. But we finally got that done, so that's good. Number two, new rule. I want a new rule about uh, baseball. You are not allowed to say that a game begins at 5 when it does not begin at 5. When it begins at 6.08, you're not allowed anymore to say it begins at 5. You fooled me. I wasn't happy about it uh, this week. But you don't see that in college football. College football doesn't say it's a noon kickoff. No, they don't say it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, but we got to get our pregame show in. You don't see that when, what time do the Gators play in basketball? So they get the 7 o'clock game. Okay, great. I don't start at 9. New rule. Baseball, stop doing that. 
your game starts at 6.08, then say it starts at 6. We'll give you the eight minutes to, to you know, prelude the game. That's not the word. <laughs> anyway, I'm upset about it, okay? It's the way I am. You know that. And um, finally, number three, they formalized the uh, situation uh, this week, too, where it doesn't matter what your record is, you can get into a bowl. Now, we still don't know how many bowls are actually going to be played. You know, a couple have dropped out. Um, and it looks like we're going to end up with a full, you know, not a full schedule in terms of um, the, when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 come back. But, you know, there'll be enough teams to go around, and hopefully none of them will get into a bowl game with a 2-8 and eight record. I don't want to watch that. I don't want anybody wants to watch it. That's the first time, and I've never said it, there would be too many bowls. There aren't too many bowls now. There would be too many bowls if two and eight teams are getting in. But at the same time, I don't know how many of these bowl games are saying, hey, this will be great. We make our revenue off ticket sales. They're, oh, wait, we're limited to 10000 We're not going to make any revenue. Why should we bother putting on all this stuff? So I still think the bowl – season is up in the air not not that there won't be some bowls but there may not be more than you know 18 or 19 bowls i've had people tell me that so you may not have to worry about teams with losing records so don't tank for for the i don't know i'm trying to think it would be great if i could think of a bowl that began with t don't tank for tempe or whatever don't think that you're going to get into a bowl game just because you go three and seven i i think it's highly unlikely that's my story and i'm sticking to it appreciate everybody for clicking on thanks to mike miyaki for coming on as well um tomorrow going to the stop children's cancer golf tournament if you can go online and and bid on stuff for there uh it's such a great cause just want to give them one more plug before i get out of here all right thanks so much everybody for listening in and we'll be back tuesday and we'll talk about the games that were played and obviously we'll find out more about whether they're going to play missouri or not Uh, You've been listening to the Dooley Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. I'm Pat Dooley, the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. 